live on TSN 1050 and TSN 4. This is Leafs Lunch with Brian Hayes, Jimmy McLennan, and Jeff O'Neill. Brought to you by Lease Busters. Ah, relief from your car lease. Go to leasebusters.com. Coming off an interesting weekend, the Maple Leafs dropping both games. They did pick up a point on Saturday night. We're expected to catch up with Steve Spott later in the hour. Steve Spott will hopefully join us at 1230. This is Leafs Lunch, TSN 1050, online TSN1050.ca, and on TSN 4. Brian Hayes, the O-Dog, Jeff O'Neill, Jamie Noodles, McLennan. What's happening, boys? Not much. What's shaking? I'm angry. You're, why are you angry now to start there? Angry Monday? Is yeah. it Angry Monday? I'll tell you why. It has nothing to do with the hockey world. Although okay, we good. We'll get to that momentarily. What do you got? This place is driving me insane. Really? I'm looking at, oh, he's got his nice TSN mug. I've got nothing. Mine was stolen. This place is insane. <laughs> I have a mug that I use because yes. we're not allowed to, to bring water bottles and stuff because we're on TV now. Right. right? We've got to clean it up. So you have to make some sacrifices. This is first world sacrifice. Yeah. I understand that. It's not the end of the world. Right. I have my same routine. I get off the air. I walk to the room. I put my little notepad in there, yeah. my go-to pen, and I throw the mug in there, too. Yeah. Ten minutes before the show, pops into my head. I should go grab the mug. It's gone. Some critter around here over the weekend took my mug, and I'm furious. You know now. what? He's, he's using it as an ashtray right now, <laughs> just hacking a dart outside. Maybe it's outside in the parking lot. As an ashtray. And I'll bet you that's exactly what mine. I actually had a nice right mug, now. too. Oh, they're all gone. You, this is... See you later. See you later. See you later. So what do you have to do? Like, do you have I to bring know. in, like, a suitcase now and open it up? <laughs> you got to do what my kids do. They put little labels. Yeah, Brian but... Hayes, coffee mug. No, but people... T- no, I think it would still be stolen. It would still be stolen because somebody will take a, a marker and just mark it off. Right. And say, Rip it off. Yeah. Bob's new mug. That's what they'd put on it. Well, now that I'm complaining, yes. they'll troll me by looking for it even more now. It and I mean, true. is it really that important for them to take the mug home and, and they have guests over for coffee and say, check out this TSN mug? Yeah. It must be. Maybe it is. Maybe it's online. It's a leaf lunch memorabilia. Yeah, it's up on eBay. How much money would that get? (laughs) Hayes' sloppy used mug. You never know. What would people pay for that? A lot of fans of you out there. Well, I don't know about that, but uh, it is a Monday. The weather's ugly. The Leafs are coming off. Kind of an ugly weekend. So, yeah, I'm going to rattle. Is it angry Monday? Are we just going to take a collective sigh here? Like, do you want to go through one angry segment and then... Deal it, you know, dial it back here and get into the rest of the league. What do you want to do here? Well, I would say it's somewhat frustrating Monday. Frustrating is a better word. I like that. But are you? Fr- are you? Well, really... there was just some plays that are so preventable. You're 100 percent right. You sent out that email and you were like, some dumb plays. And here's here's what I. Well, I just about want that. to go to the one Zetterberg play, where he set up France and I believe it was on the sat on the Friday night game, and there was a hail mary pass through the middle there. It was just thrown up in the air, and Zetterberg is a pretty dangerous guy. And I'm thinking, if I'm a defenseman, I want to try to track this puck down. I want to. But if I don't, the one thing that can happen to me is I can't let Zetterberg get behind me and get position on me, and then when he goes into that kind of wide stance, it's game over. You're done. And then all of a sudden, he just little drop past the France, and, and it's an empty net. Well, here's, here's what has become abundantly clear. And then in Detroit, the next night, some silly mistakes. The like Cody Franson trying to change on that icing. I don't know what was going through. And his then head. Cody Franson again on that Zetterberg one-timer. It's just yeah. they're preventable the mistakes. And these yeah. are preventable mistakes. That's the silver lining. Where you could look at it both ways. You could look at it and say they just have to play smarter. 
Right. Like, they just have to play smarter because on Saturday night, they had some chances. Bernier played great. Yes. Yeah. But they had some chances, and you got to give it up to the monster. I mean, Gustafson made some big they, stops played, and played fine. He made some outstanding stops. The <laughs> yeah. goaltenders were outstanding they were Saturday. They were great. And that's why maybe in the next segment I want to jump in and say there's some positive things pulled out of that game. There are. Bernier seemed to get back to his game. That's he played a positive. really well, and that's what we said. Will he respond to the battle? The challenge of Reimer getting three straight Check starts. Check it off. He did. He showed up. And, again, they had some momentum going for them. Yes. It's just it's glaring mistakes out of nowhere where you look at it and say, that can't happen. <laughs> right. That just can't happen. And here's another thing, again, that's become abundantly clear. And Steve Spott hopefully will join us at 1230. This is something that he can touch on. They're having problems against the opposition's top line. Right. Now, I know that every team does. I mean, Crosby's going to do it against the Kings from time to time. Right. But you look at opening night. The Habs' top line terrorized the Maple Leafs. Yep. Terrorized them. You look at that Pittsburgh game. Crosby put on a clinic. Put on a clinic. You look at Zetterberg this weekend. That's the issue, and I think that's what, what Carlisle's looking at. He doesn't have a shutdown pairing because Phaneuf and Franson are not a shutdown pairing. Right. They're not. And he doesn't have a line to play against them because the top line can't go up against the opposition's top line because they I, get hammered I, all I night. I find that Clarkson line. I and play may, them. Maybe you start play, but then they're playing 20 minutes a night. Is well, that what you want? You That's don't. But I mean, I the told way you last playing. night when we have our little late night phone calls that when I started covering this team, it was kind of stating the obvious. But I said to Jim Taddy in the press box, "This sounds kind of weird, but they get destroyed by elite players all the time." They can't find a way to shut down a Sidney Crosby. Steven Stamkos marches into town and always seems to have a big night. I mean, that's what they do. These players do this all the time, but it seems to always happen against Toronto. You've got to yeah. stop them every once in a well, while. You've got to like find you look a way. at Zetterberg over the weekend, he was he single handedly mangled them. But this is, you know what? This ties into do we we underestimate where Detroit's at too? Here's what Detroit's I said about not Detroit. not that good a team. Well, but they, they, they do have an identity. Pavel Datsuk's not even in the lineup. I know, but the point is, is their young players look better than our young players. Let's say that. I have to be honest. Their young players looked very sharp. They're strong on pucks, man. They don't lose puck battles. That's where you talked about Zetterberg when he gets his wide stance. Uh, I mean, you look at some European players, and, and we all played with them and we know them. That's one of their, that's, that's what comes with them is winning battles, and it's not about fighting, but it's about competing hard. That's what makes Komarov very good right now and how he's played is because he doesn't give up on pucks, and he's, he's tough to play against. And I looked at Detroit, and some of their young guys have that in their game. And, you know, I believe the Leafs' young guys can do that. It's just a matter of can they do that consistently. Is it about coaching, then? Is that about Babcock you, coaching them to do that? I, I think some of that is in their DNA. You, that's how you scout and you draft and you bring in players that can, can buy into a system. Hockey IQ, I, I know people throw that word around, hockey sense and that, but it seems to me the guys who buy into a system are the ones who understand it and know how to play it. And when you see teams that struggle or have inconsistencies, it's, it's not that the guys, and Ray's talked about it, it's not, and oh, you've talked about it, it's not that guys don't, that they're not trying hard is that they don't have the instinct to go, okay, this is a danger zone. Maybe I should take a step back here and protect the house. Or maybe I should do this. Or maybe, like, there's, they don't have that instinct. It's like, okay, keep playing, play hard, work harder. Randy says work harder. Well, it's not about working harder, it's about working smarter. Well, and when you talk about identity, Detroit 
they're going through somewhat of a transitional they stage are. because Lidstrom retired a couple of years ago. Datsuk's coming to the end. Zetterberg's, what, 34, and he looked great over the weekend. But you know he's going to get banged up at some point. But they are a puck possession team. They're a hardworking, feisty, skating team. Like, you know what you're getting out of Detroit. And it doesn't matter if it's Zetterberg or Riley Sheehan or Thomas Tatar. Tatar, Nyquist. Doesn't matter, right? Like, they just turn it over and they all buy into playing a similar style. And you know what you're going to get out of Detroit. I'm with you all. They're not an elite team. Like, they're not a great team, but But they they play consistent. But they they understand they have a certain way to play for them to have success. And they do it. Well, let me ask you guys this, then. In watching two games, you watch the Detroit Red Wings play, you watch the Toronto Maple Leafs play. To me, Detroit played the same way both nights. Did the Maple Leafs? Did the Maple Leafs play the same way both nights? No. On Friday, they were a a gong show. But that's my point. Is yes, the Leafs have the ability on some nights to to really you know knock you knock your socks off, but they also have the ability to to really lose games within the game. Where I look at the consistency of a team, and the systems that they've implemented, and they stick with them, the habits of a team. Now, I know it's a work in progress, because I, I still believe Peter Horacek, Steve Spott, are helping the process along. I believe the organization is trying. It doesn't ch- change overnight, but you have to see some light at the end of the tunnel. You have to see some things changing. I saw some positives on the weekend. I saw some negatives, but when I look at an organization like Detroit, exactly, we all come in into the season, we're like, maybe that's the team that's going to come out this year. The way they play every night, they just find a way. And then they're big stars. Zetterberg, you know, you tweeted out, geez, he's got lots left in the tank. Man, he looked great. You know, they're going to get Datsuk back. Jimmy Howard had an off season last year. Jimmy Howard didn't even play. No, he played the front game. But, like, I think they're a solid team. I don't think they're elite. No, they're but not I don't elite. Think that, I, I don't think they're worthy of us looking down at them and saying, man, they, they're, you know. No, no one's they're suggesting they're it. Buffalo or anything silly right. like that. I mean, they're going to be in the mix because they have enough talent to be in the mix, especially right. in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anyone's looking at them the way we did they're four not or five scared. years they don't, ago. They don't terrify right. teams like they used to, but they're still. That young decor has to hold up, and they have to have superb goaltending if they're going to get in. Yeah, that's and that's the way it is with a lot of teams. I mean, that's what we noticed over the weekend, too, with the Leafs. Right, like you look at, they're two, three, and one. They've yeah. got five of twelve possible points. That's not going to cut it, but it's not Edmonton. It's not Buffalo they're right now. Mediocre. But, but what they need is is great goaltending to weather the storm. You know, on nights where they decide that they're just not going to show up or they're not going to play a complete game, and that's those what habits happened. fall apart. That's what happened. The, the habits go away if there isn't any instilled. And like you guys have called it, the dog part defense or just the lack of awareness of what's going on, it's, they've got to find a way to shut that down immediately. You, everyone gets running around. I watched L.A. get running around a little bit yesterday. Yeah. But they still find a way to lock it down, and then the goaltender you know, steps up. Does quick was outstanding. But it happens to every team. It's just you've got to find a way to limit the damage in that time where it, they start to run around. Steve Spott expected to join us at 12.30. We'll let you hear what Joffrey Lupul had to say about the crowd on Saturday night down in Detroit. And let's start looking at a few other Canadian teams. And we'll include the Maple Leafs in this. And I threw this out on Twitter, at Hayes TSN. You can text us 10.50.50 with your name. It's early in the season, but it, feels, angry people. it feels like there's a lot of anger out there. Edmonton, Winnipeg, Toronto in particular. Another Jersey thrower on Friday night here. The Jets got booed off the ice. They got smoked at home by Calgary last night. And Edmonton speaks for itself. Of those three teams, which fan base has the right to be the most angry? We'll throw that out there. We'll discuss it and Steve Spot later in the hour. This is Lee's Lunch, TSN 1050 and on TSN 4. 
Mike Richards in the morning. Tomorrow from 5.30 to 9. Now, we continue with Leafs Lunch. Brought to you by Lease Busters on TSN 1050. Text us 1050-50 with your name. Andrew, watching in New Brunswick. Oh, dog, what a beautiful shirt. That style suits you well. Steve texting in. Hayes, can you tell Noodles my grade 9 son called and wants his T-shirt back? <laughs> and my grade 11 son wants your really awful sweatshirt back. <laughs> Listen. So we're, we're all getting, well, you're getting hooked up. Noodles, you and I are getting beaked. Apparently, we look like high schoolers. I have no problem with that. I got my shirt got chirped too. Somebody sent me a note saying you look like the guy from Tim the Tool Man with all the plaid shirts. Oh, Al. Al, Al Borland. Al Borland. <laughs> you do have a bit of Al Borland in you. You need a beard, and you're Borland. Yeah, it's all good. Everyone's got an opinion, huh? Oh, they just yeah. can't stop themselves. Oh, I know. I have no problem with what I'm wearing. I actually I like was it. waiting for somebody to chirp me about it. You knew it was coming, Noodles. I have nothing other than. Leafs lunch today, and I get to relax. No TV tonight. I get to watch some games and just relax. I'm pretty fired up about it. So this is my focus today. What are you expecting out of the Monday night or tonight? Steelers-Texans. Your uh, boy, J.J. Watt. I have no idea who's playing. J.J. Watt. I can't believe. I'm watching a game yesterday. I'm watching Minnesota-L.A. in the afternoon, and there's a bunch of donkeys tweeting about football. I, was, I almost had to block a bunch of people again. You're unbelievable. Like, what the hell's going on here? I don't know. Um, that was a great game, too. There were actually a lot of quality games over the weekend. There's, there's some good stuff going on. And at, at 12.45 this afternoon, we'll get to what we learned from the weekend. We'll look league-wide because there's a lot of different things going on. Again, Steve Spot expected to join us in about 15 minutes. All right, let's play this Joffrey Lupo clip quickly because the Joe, it sounded like it was rocking. Like I was watching from home. We all were. Yeah. But it sounded like it was a pretty good crowd. There was one guy I was surprised. guy went David Putty on us. Did you see the, the face paint guy? He had to be late 40s. Like, he was mid <laughs> to late 40s, and he went putty. I was surprised. Like, what is the cutoff for face paint? Like, if you're in your 20s, I'm not convinced it's it's the smartest idea. This was the oldest guy I've ever seen with face paint. And he had the Leaf logo all over his grill, and he was jacked I, up. I love, a like, a passionate fan, but don't you want your, do you want your coworkers to see you in that format? <laughs> I don't know. Like just destroyed at a game with face paint on. <laughs> Are you worried about that? That was at the cla- but that was the classic Seinfeld. Like if I went Elaine's to a Buffalo dating Bills game putty. and I had no shirt on in a face paint and I was on the TV cheering, I would be worried that you guys would catch a glimpse of that. I'd be more worried that our bosses would catch yeah. a glimpse. Right. And right. you would all of a sudden not be allowed into the building again. More importantly, but because they don't I would care. love it. They don't care. Well, no. Joe from the bridge does that type of ridiculous stuff all the time. Yeah, but Joe from the bridge, I don't know if he goes face paint crazy. Like, once you're into the face paint territory, you're on a different level of fandom. You're putty. You're putty. Yes. You're almost, like, the, the highest putty is the chest. Yeah. You got, if you're, if you're going tarp off and your chest is painted. And you're thicker, too. Like, there's, yeah. like, that's, yes. that's a, you're thicker. That's being nice. If you're thicker. Yeah. Well, how about that everywhere. guy in Columbus? Isn't there a guy, the Blue Jackets fan, who goes, yeah, he takes goes his shirt crazy, off, and he his takes whole body is painted, two and beers. then he grabs three beers yeah. and destroys all three, gets someone else to help him, and they all go into his yap at the same time. Yeah. And he has no problem with it. His BMI. I, is, I just worry that he's what do his coworkers say up? about him? He, what does he do? Like water bottle? <laughs> what's he, but what's he do for a living, though? That's the who knows. The, well, you're saying coworkers. We don't know what he does for a living. Like, what is he on Wall Street? Like, all of a sudden, he shows up Monday morning in a suit, and 
And they're like, did you see this guy on the weekend? They don't even know it was him. I'm pretty sure they would know it was him. Oh, yeah, this guy had a That's distinct my point. look. I, I, I have a tough time believing that he is... He's got a reputation yes. to uphold in the society. Put it that is way. that what you're yes. saying? Yes. All right. Um, all right. Let's get to this Joffrey Lupul clip. Yeah. Saturday night after um, they lost one nothing in overtime to the Wings, but that place was rocking down at the Joe. Here's what Joffrey Lupul had to say. For sure, it's it's fun. Um, uh, again, it's probably better energy than we get back at back in Toronto. So uh, it's nice being in when we're here or in Buffalo or places like that when uh, a lot of our fans come out. He's being honest. That's a tough one, though. That is true. but That's, that's a, a tough one to toss back at your fans yeah. after the performances you've had at home. That's the important part right there, huh? Because they have two games at home this year against the Wings on Friday and Detroit last Saturday that were horrendous. What do you expect your fans to do? What, do you think they're going to get jacked up when you're losing 5-1 in the third and playing terribly? Like no. You can't blame the fans for that. You can't. Like He's right. The energy sounded like it was great. And in, we know this. It just doesn't happen at the ACC. But when you are two, three, and one, you melted the way you did last year, yeah. and you've had two terrible games at home this year. You can't throw that back in the fans not giving you enough energy. No, it's 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 you can't. Hasn't it been three? Montreal, Pittsburgh, and Detroit. Yeah, but Montreal they didn't play horribly that game. They lost. But I'm saying like blowouts in the third where you're watching them saying, "Wow, like they're on home ice getting embarrassed." Hey, I went from the adjustment from seeing fans that don't sit down in a U.S. market, they are standing on their feet, they don't sit down for the first period, to starting in an arena where people don't even, they're not even in their seats at the start of a period. Mm-hmm. You know how weird that is to look at the lower bowl and see no one in the seats? It, it is. You uh, want to talk about a lack of energy. Like You're just like, where are these people? Yeah. Oh, don't I you want to watch the game? I, I you would think when so. I go to a sporting event and people say, Ah, you know, it's like I got buddies that go to the games and they just sit up at that club and they don't even watch. I get don't agitated. you want to watch? I want to watch the sporting event. I, I get don't care agitated. what it is, what sport. I want to sit my rear end in the seat and I want to watch the game. I get agitated when people are talking around me. Like I, I can't stand it when somebody's giving me the narrative and they're completely wrong. Oh, this guy's br- he's got to do this and that. Actually, I kind no. of disagree with I that. Can't one. Stand I can't. I like that. the drunk I shouts. That's why I don't sit in the crowd. I can't stand. The drunk stand. shouts or something. <laughs> Steph and I went to a game one time. We sat up top, like three hundred level. It was the most painful thing that I've ever gone through. That's the Toronto in you. You're officially a Torontonian. No, no, because, no, 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 no. That's exactly what it is. Because people at the ACC, they want to sit there and just watch the game, myself included. Noodles, I'm with you. I, like sometimes it can be funny when the guys are yelling and screaming, but a lot of times I go to a game and I want to be engaged. I just want to sit there and watch. Right. So that is exactly that's what the you Jamie are. McLennan in me that wants to actually just pay attention and see what the hell's going on out there, hey. other than somebody who's gooned and spilling beer all over everyone and not paying attention. But at least he's having a good time. And that's the whole two different point. fan bases. North Carolina, it's not exactly the most knowledgeable hockey fans. Really? Yeah. You think? Toronto, they're obviously knowledgeable. They know what the heck's going on in the ice, and when it's kind of mistake after mistake, there's not much to cheer about. Well, if you exactly, if you're so, it's like what comes first? Do they have to create the excitement to get the fans in it? Yes. Or should the fans be engaged right now? The 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 players. All I know is the way they played at home this year. It's pretty tough to put it back on the fans and say better energy here in Detroit or Buffalo than we get at home. Well, that's pretty tough. mm -hmm. He's right. The energy will always be better in Buffalo and Detroit when it comes to Leafs fans going there. Because whether he's right or wrong, it's a pretty tough one to throw back at the fans. He has. As players, you have to own it. Create your own energy. 
Make that the toughest building to play in, the ACC. Yeah. And I don't know if the... Try going down to Florida where there's 400 people. Right. I don't know if the zillionaire crowd will ever show up uh, on time. You know, everyone seems to be heroic anyways, wants to go in for drinks and all of that. But at the end of the day, create your own energy at home. Play well at home and make it an exciting place. That's that's to me. It's on the players. Well, yeah, exactly. And you talk about the the thing is also you see it's the road trip crowd to Detroit and Buffalo. You get right. all the boys together. You're free for the night. Of course, you're going to be yelling and screaming and being a little bit more rowdy. Mm-hmm. But Charlie points out, and he's probably right. He said, I'd rather see face paint guy than suit guy. But me too. It's a real fan. Yeah, face paint guy. You can't deny this guy's fandom. Yeah. You can he's question his sanity, yes. but you cannot that's question his fandom. Question the sanity, but right. you know that he's in there. Paint guy. He's in there, you know, win or lose, he's still the fan. He's, and he's going to be loud, yep. and he's going to be on fire. Uh, trying to catch up with Steve Spot. We'll get to that. Also, we'll start looking at the other Canadian teams, where the Leafs fans come into play, and their anger level later in the hour. We'll look back on the weekend. What did we learn league-wide from the weekend? This is Leafs Lunch, TSN 1050. TSN Drive with Dave Mailer today, 4 to 7. Now, we continue with Leafs Lunch, brought to you by Leafs Busters on TSN 1050. Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Leafs Busters. Get out of your vehicle lease ASAP. Over 200,000 customers per month looking to take over your lease. What a relief. Go to leasebusters.com. We'll uh, look back on the weekend league-wide, and we'll get to the question of the day featuring the Canadian fan bases and where they stand from uh, coast to coast. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Craig Butt will join us at 1. Ray's coming up with the Hayes Show in the 2 p.m. hour. But uh, the Leafs coming off a weekend where they featured a home-and-home against Detroit. Wasn't a great game Friday night, to put it lightly. Saturday, much better effort. Lost in overtime. They're back in action tomorrow night. Take it on the New York Islanders. You can hear that game right here on TSN 1050. Here is the assistant coach of the Maple Leafs, Steve Spot. How are you doing, Steve? Good, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, so when you look back on the weekend and you compare and contrast the two games, what did you like about Saturday night that you didn't see on Friday night? Well, I think there's a couple areas. Number one, we were moving our feet. Uh, you know, we took six minutes in penalties in the first period. You know, on Friday night, and that you know, you got guys now like Phil and, and JVR, and some players that are sitting for you know extended periods of time. So, you know, we addressed it. We talked about moving our feet early. You know, staying out of the penalty box. We did a good job of that. And you know, for our club to be successful, you know, there are going to be times where we have to lay the puck in behind the opposition and battle to get it back. It, it seems, you know, this group uh, historically has wanted to carry the puck in the zone, which is great if you can do it but they've been willing to trade chances, and that's a mindset that we have to get away from these guys and, and work more in the offensive zone, and sometimes you have to lay pucks in to get that puck back. So that's been part of the process. We were talking about this earlier in the hour, uh, going up against the opposition's top line, and how it's caused your team some problems this year. Opening night, the Habs' top line had a pretty quality evening. We saw Crosby last Saturday, and then Zetterberg's line over the weekend did some damage. Um, how do you get better at shutting down the opposition's top line? Well, we have to get better as a group. You know, I, I think right now we haven't got, you know, or we haven't become married to a checking line per se. We're still trying to figure things out. I think 
when you look at uh, you know Daniel Winnick and and Leo Komarov, those are two guys that may at some point you know we may we may have to get those guys on the same line to go against another team's top line. But you know right now we haven't found that that three that is has been able to get the job done. So something we're addressing as a coaching staff to trying to find out who we can play against the other teams' top line offensively, and then obviously on the back end. You know, looking at Dion and, and whoever he's going to be playing with to, to shut that group down. But there's no denying it. We do have to do a better job against the other teams' top line. Spotter, you mentioned consistency in your top two lines. It must be an easy solution. Just show them videotape of your third line with Santorelli, Komarov, and Clarkson. They seem to have zone time and possession time every time on the, on the ice. Yeah, you're right, Jeff. I think, you know, that... Those three guys are willing to play the game the right way. And yeah. when we say playing it the right way, it's it's earning the puck back. And, you know, they're willing to get in, keep zone time. We call it grind time where you're grinding down the other team's defense. And they're willing to do that and, and not throw pucks. I, I call them minor midget passes. And that's not the – that goes back to my junior days where you'd go to some minor midget games and guys would get pucks and just throw them to the net front hoping somebody was standing there. But yeah. we've got to do a better job of maintaining pressure. And, and that line's done a great job of doing it. Steve, what did you see out of Jake Gardner on the weekend? Well, again, we know he can transport the puck. Um, you know, he skates extremely well. He's, he's willing to activate and join the play. And now it's a matter of confidence, and we've got to make sure that, you know, he is at the top of his game. He's an important part of our club. We can't deny that. But, you know, Stu Percy came in, had a very good training camp, and earned an opportunity. Um, saying that, I thought Jake was solid and he's only going to get better. But you guys know it, it's such a game of, of mental toughness and, and, and being positive when you come to the rink. So, you know, for myself, Pete Horchuk, that's been a big part of our job is making sure these guys feel good about themselves. We're chatting with Steve Spott, assistant coach with the Maple Leafs. They're back in action tomorrow night down in New York taking on the Islanders. You can hear the game right here on TSN 1050. You mentioned Stuart Percy, uh, who had played really well and played the opening five games. Then he came out of the lineup on Saturday, um, where does he go from here? What can he learn from that experience? Well, you know, there was a there was a method to the madness too. Stu blocked a shot, so he wasn't 100 percent, and um, so there was a little bit of a reason for him to come out. But now we've got to make tough decisions. He looked good in practice here today, so uh, we will have to make another difficult decision with seven guys that are ready to go. But you know, Stu's been good. He's a cerebral type hockey player. Um, you know, it's funny you can hear some of the gasps from from our fans at the Air Canada Center when he throws pucks up the middle, but you know, that's something that we're trying to teach, and you guys know as well as I do, teams now when they're forecheck take away the walls, and mm-hmm. you have to be prepared to come up the middle of the ice. So it's not Stu Percy's fault. We've got to make sure our sentiment or our first forward back is prepared for that because that's part of our plan. We have to be able to exit up the middle of the ice. So that's been a little bit of a challenge for our forwards, but we're getting there as well. You never want to see injuries, but uh, with injuries come opportunity. Brandon Cozen banged up and placed on the IR. doesn't sound like he's going to be back anytime soon. So when you look towards fulfilling that spot, who comes to mind and what are the expectations with that player? Well, Matt Fratton is a player, you know, that is going to have to take the next step now. Obviously a player we traded for this year, um, you know, has, has shown in the past he can score, he can provide offense, but, you know, Matt Fratton is at his best when he's physical and he's on the body. So we have to get him doing that. And, you know, he, we talked about the grind line, the Clarkson, Komarov, and Santorelli line. We've got to get that from our fourth line as well, and we've got to get our fourth line minutes up. But uh, that starts with them getting the puck in the offensive zone and being harder to play against. And, you know, so Matt Fratton now has to take that next step because we are counting on him to do that. When you talk about the minutes from the fourth line, do you go into a game with an ideal 
you know, minutes in terms of how they're dispersed? Like, do you look at it and say, we hope the top line gets 18, the second line gets 15, or is it just simply we have to see how this plays out? Well, you know, you guys know Randy as well as I do. You know, he, he does like to match lines, and, you know, he does like to make sure that our matchups are tight across the ice. But uh, saying that, we do have to find them more minutes, whether it be through penalty kill situations where they can get some of those extra minutes or, or simply an offensive zone face-off so if there's not a comfort level. But we do got to get more time for those guys on the ice. And, and obviously save some of the legs of the Kessels and the Bozaks and the Van Riemsdijks because they are taking a lot of minutes right now. And if we can share the minutes, it's only going to make us better, especially come after Christmas. So it's something we're aware of and something that we have to work on. But saying that, we've got to make sure that that fourth line is, is, is going too and, and he's given us a reason to put them back out on the ice. We're chatting with Steve Spot. What have you thought of Richard Ponick's game so far? You know, he's a lot more physical than I expected, which is which is a real positive. I, I saw him quite a bit in junior, but, um, you know, if he can combine some physicality with, with the offense that, you know, obviously he's shown in the American Hockey League and in junior, um, boy, it'd be great for us. So he's getting used to our systems now. He's getting better every day, but... You know, he's a guy now with the way we want our team to, to be shaped that on our fourth line, hopefully we can create some mismatches and, and create some offense off our fourth line as well. So it's been a bit of a transition for him, but uh, he's getting better, and, and we're excited about the physicality, not just the offense that he's shown so far. Steve, the goaltenders have both played quite well here. Jonathan Bernie with a bounce-back game. What's your thought process as far as going forward with both of these guys? Well, again, you know, it, it, it's great. Um, you know, we, we've always felt here that, you know, when you've got two capable goaltenders like we have, you know, it's going to be an earned position. And the nice thing now, uh, as you said, Jeff, you know, Bernie was solid and, and definitely earned us that point in Detroit. So now we've got to make another difficult decision going into the island. But Rick St. Croix came in this morning, so we'll sit down as a staff now and do what's best for the hockey club, boy. But it is nice having the confidence of a coaching staff to know that you can go with either guy and feel good about that. We're chatting with Steve Spott. Uh, we were talking about this earlier in the afternoon. It's going to be a theme on the show throughout the afternoon. Um, what's going on in some of these Canadian cities and some of the unrest from the fan base. Um, you're obviously just getting into things here with your yeah. NHL career, but uh, when you look at what's happened the past couple of home games with fans throwing jerseys onto the ice, from a coach's perspective, uh, what was that experience like? Well, I, I did. I guess fortunately I didn't see it. Um, obviously heard about it after and saw it after, but, you know, it, it's difficult. I understand, you know, this is a very passionate hockey city. Um, I saw a little bit of, uh, obviously a lot smaller level with the Marlies last year, but you know I can tell you guys that these players want nothing more than than to than to show well for the fans of the city. You know we've got a phrase in our dressing room that says "Unite a City," and and they honestly mean that. That came out of our meetings in Collingwood where they do want to unite a city. So when they put on that sweater, they're very proud of it. There's obviously a tremendous legacy of players that have worn the sweater, not just this hockey club. So you know we understand the fans pay good money. They have the They've earned the right, and, and they deserve the right to, to show their displeasure if they want to. But, you know, that's something for me that I think uh, this is a, a tremendous hockey city, I think the best in the world when it comes to our to our pride, to our sweater. So, uh, again, I'm a traditionalist, and I'd li- I just like to see if a fan wants to boo, they're obviously very entitled to that because they've paid for that ticket. But I think there's a lot of players and a lot of teams in the past year, Stanley Cup champions, that have worn that sweater as well. So that's just a personal opinion on my part. But uh, I understand when they do get frustrated because they do pay good money to come into our building. Always appreciate you taking time for a spotter. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, fellas. There he is, Steve Spott, assistant coach with the Maple Leafs.
And he's, I mean, he's just getting going here. He's six games into his NHL career. Two Jersey yeah. throwers, crowds hey, kind of a little bit quiet. Welcome to Toronto. No kidding. And uh, he had a, you know, he had a rough first day on the job, no really, kidding. technically, based on. Oh, he brought up a good point, though. Players, like, I've never been in a locker room where you're getting ready before the game and you want to not impress the crowd. I mean, it's the best league in the world. Everyone's a terrific hockey player that plays in the league. Nobody wants results like that. But that should be your motivation going forward. Regardless of how much money anybody paid to go into that building, all they want to see is hard work. That's been a staple in Toronto hockey forever. People don't like Doug Gilmore and Wendell Clark because of the goals. They just like the feisty attitude and approach to the way they played the game. And that's all they want to see. They can, they can live with themselves. They can walk out of the rink and not be totally ticked off if they just everyone worked as hard as possible. That's just a fact. Yeah, people will accept. But it's that lackluster, not paying attention type stuff that drives people nuts. Yeah. And, it's, and whether and you've got a suit on or face paint or whatever you got on, that's all they want to see. Yep. And you're entitled to that as a fan, at the very least. You are. What you can do is voice but, your I mean, displeasure. The minute you start, you work hard and then you're still losing, they'll find something else to complain about. That's just the truth. But that's I the think right you can talk fan. to any fan walking out of that rink and said, you know what, they were unbelievable tonight. They worked their tails off and they just came up short. I think that's what you'd get from a fan. Not, I want to throw my jersey got, on the ice. You got that last year in Calgary. They had a hard They weren't very team. good, but they worked hard and they, they worked very hard. And, hit. and their fans, you know, their fans were engaged in that. Calgary's off to a pretty good start, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. And they rolled into Winnipeg and beat up on the Jets on home ice last night. And the Jets got booed off the ice. We know what's going on in Edmonton. We know about the angst here in Toronto. We'll get into that. Of those three fan bases, who has the right to really be the most rattled at this point? And we'll look back on the weekend. What did we learn from the NHL over the course of the weekend? This is Leafs Lunch, TSN 1050. Craig Biden will join us in the 1 p.m. hour. We'll get to the Regis Leafs Lunch Lineup Contest Player of the Day. In about five minutes or so, we'll uh, spin you around the NHL. What stood out to us from the weekend? We'll do this every Monday around 12.50, league-wide. So we'll get to that momentarily. But um, Canada-wide, it's been an interesting first 10, 12 days of the season in terms of how some of the fan bases are reacting this early into the season. You look at the Maple Leafs with two fans throwing jerseys onto the ice, um, the team getting booed off the ice on Friday, last Saturday with Pittsburgh in town. You look at Winnipeg getting smoked at home against Calgary, and they got booed off. Edmonton, I mean, Oilers fans are just freaking out because their team is off to another uh, really tough start, to put it lightly. Those three teams are, are interesting because I still think Ottawa could get dragged back into that. I think Calgary eventually will get dragged back down to reality, but I have to give them full credit. They played Ottawa's really well. pretty Ottawa's played well, too. Right they played really well early on. But I don't think, I'm not convinced they're, you know, an elite team or a lock to be a playoff team. I think it's still too early for that. Well, yeah, they've, they've had some, you look at Ottawa, they've, they, they've had some performances at the right time. The goaltenders have, have covered up some, some warts on the back end. Like, you know, Carlson's had some good plays at the right time. Like, they... They haven't had a lot, to of, do, but that's, they haven't had a lot of good players do. You're right, but they haven't had a lot of consistency in their game. Well, and that's my point. They're not an elite team, right. but full credit to them for picking up wins and picking up points early on. But yeah. you look at the Canadian markets, and a lot of people came into this season saying the only team that's a lock is the Habs, and the Habs have not surprised anyone. They're five and one, I think, and they're playing really well right now. Yeah. Get to them momentarily. Vancouver's been okay. I think Vancouver's going to be in the mix out west. Yeah. But you look at 
Edmonton, Winnipeg, Toronto in particular. The Leafs have been in the playoffs once in the past 10 years. Oilers have not been there in eight years. And Winnipeg has never even sniffed the playoff spot since they got back to the peg. Yeah. So which fan base do you think has the best case right now for throwing their hands in the air and saying, don't give me your anger because I'm the guy who deserves to be freaking out? <laughs> it is a great question because there's... Because they're all so mad There's right argument. Now, no. now, I'm going oil because... Because what they're looking at right now is an eight-year rebuild that might have to be ripped apart somehow and then rebuilt again, which is just nuts to tell a fan base. <laughs> nuts! I would go with the oil, too, because yeah. of the lack of hope considering the conference they play in. Yeah. And that's where Winnipeg comes into play, too. But Edmonton, they've had top picks, and I think now they're realizing that they got the top picks at the wrong time. Outside of Taylor Hall, I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins still has talent in a lot of you know, options in front of him in terms right. of They've positivity. all proven that they are quality players. Craig McTavish said at the beginning of the year he wants to find out if they're stars or not. Exactly. Yeah. But if you get a first overall pick, you get three of them. You expect three superstars. You would hope. You're, you're hoping sure you for do. that. For sure. It's the Game first changers. overall pick. Wow. Exactly. So I think you look at that, you look at how hopeless they were early in the season last year. Their season was done by the end of October, and I get the impression like the same things happen here this year. They're not getting in, no. so it's done. Uh, if you we're watch the... them defend, like they... They're done. They're done already. I think Winnipeg's done already. But Maple Leafs are the only ones of those three that can still say, we can get this together and still get in. So I think they might be third on this list. I agree, because I'm with you guys as far as Edmonton, because the direction there, it doesn't have any. I mean, at least Winnipeg, you can sell a little bit of hope. You've got some young players. Like I think that Trouber's going to be a hell of a player. You know, Ehlers is Nick Ehlers is going to be a good player. Like They've got some young guys, uh, Patan, like coming up right. that are going to be good. So, you know, it's, it's, it's bridging the gap. You, you need to answer some questions. Is Andre Pavlik going to be your starter moving forward? Or, he's no. had a good season so, so far. Last night was his first bad game. Last night was. He's I've not watched the Winnipeg's answer. every game. He's not the answer. Again, I've watched every game uh, That's so fine far. that you have, and I don't care if you have. I'm he's just not, telling he's you. not the answer. <laughs> he's I'm not. just telling you. Right. Maybe their decor isn't the answer either. The exactly. guys are playing in front of them. Well, they've got you a know, lot of you've got a, answers right now. But the point being is you can have yourself answer some questions by letting it all play out. You know, Andrew Ladd had a game yesterday that he'd want to throw the tape away from. He just It was one of those games. But that's what's what's happening there. Yeah, and fans you know, don't they, they only can buy into young players, young prospects for so long. They want to see Mark Shifley like be a star. Right. Scored his first goal last night. Yeah. Well like and, they want to see him start taking over hockey games because everyone in that division you need a top line centerman. And you're a miss- top front line centerman. And you're missing Evander Kane. Yeah. And not to mention, that's been sold to them for a long time, too. Because usually the the one that is making the sales pitch is the team. You hear from the team, and they're saying, we believe Shifley will be this, will yep. be that. And it's still very you know premature to say what he's going to be in the end. He's still young. But at the very least, the honeymoon is 100% over in the peg. It, it, it is like, there's no sure. There's no more, we're just happy we've got a team anymore. No, no, no. You're, you're legitimate NHL fans, and you're educated, and you can't be happy. Because they're watching that stuff every night. But you know what? Paul Maurice is a good coach. Oh, you know it. And I, I think he's going to try and get what he can out of the group. I just don't think that there's. I don't a know if there's there. enough there. What you can get out of that? Edmonton. The thing is, is Edmonton. We don't know. You don't know what you're going to get. You know, they drove. You drive down the road to Calgary. Brian Burke at least signed a goaltender that can play 60 games and give you an opportunity to win every night. Now Jonas Hiller's playing a little bit over his head right now. He'll come back down to earth. He's a solid goaltender, but like isn't, he at wasn't least that gives a surprising a, signing to you though. In a year where you look at your team and you're 
most likely not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to make the playoffs. Do you want a goaltender to grab you extra points and take you out of the you-know-what sweepstakes? That's the Burkeism, though. Burke is, he just refuses okay, to so even then, think about the draft. Okay, so then, here's just, the thing. It's, it's the band-aid don't, you don't want to put on your team. Don't complain about the Edmonton Oilers being last place, then. Don't complain about the Winnipeg Jets being last place, or Buffalo. Different story, though. Edmonton's been last place how many times over, over how many years? Calgary has never truly bottomed out. Like, they've been, you know, I they've think had it's a smart pick move. Overall, having a goaltender that can not embarrass your team every night. Do they want to lose six nothing every night for eighty two games? I think they're no, still going to be there in the but, end. But here's the thing, though: they're still going to be there do in you, the end. Do you also want just enough so that you get the seventh pick instead of maybe a top three, and then you get a game changer? I I, That's the I still believe that Calgary will be there in the end. I think you're probably right. I think so, over time they will. But you're helping. Out. All all it is is doing is. On nights where Chicago should have won twelve nothing the other night, yeah, they they squeaked two points out. It's really not going to be the big difference if they end up with eighty points or sixty eight points. Oh, or it whatever. could though. It will though. That's the whole point. Sixty eight puts you in the top three. Eighty okay. puts you seventh or eighth. You're asking, but what I'm saying is, you're saying that they're not going to be in the last place. They're going to be right there. I, I don't think they're going to be as bad as Buffalo, Edmonton, or Carolina. I think they're right there. Okay. We'll see. They've had a good start. They have had a good start. And they're a hard-working team. And that's what you were talking about, hard-working. The fans enjoy that. All right, let's look back on the weekend. What stood out for you guys? What did you learn league-wide from this past weekend in the NHL? League-wide, I got a couple things that it's still about the top teams in the West. Chicago, Anaheim, San Jose, Los Angeles. I mean, that that's where it's at as far as... <laughs> Consistency, and they're still the Consistency top Consistency, and they're the top dogs, and every time they're on the ice. You saw Minnesota go into L.A., Anaheim. They couldn't pick up a victory. And they're one of the teams that are on the outside looking in, trying to make that next jump. And P.K. Subban, he's the most electrifying player in the game. Not a bad player. Yeah, earns his $9 million. Uh, For me, two things. New York Islanders, I think they're for real. I think they're a solid team, mm-hmm. well-built. It's taken a while to get there. Johnny T is going to be a star. I, I mean, yeah. an elite could elite win a heart star. this year. That's what I'm talking about. Heart. He's already a star. And secondly, Nashville Predators. I think they're still a dark horse out in the West. And Pekka Rennie gives them a chance yeah. every night. And Laviolette, your boy Lavi, he's changed the style, the way they play. It terrifies me to say this, but the Habs may be the best team in the East. The Habs in the Lightning. Both played solid games on Saturday night. They are Lightning the best two teams. Vancouver. They're very good. I think Pittsburgh's look pretty good. They're going to be there. Boston's yeah. had some hiccups. But you look at Tampa, you look at Montreal, they look real good. And Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan are slowly but surely becoming the best line mates in the NHL. Yeah. Like you talk about a duo that play together. They are superstars, man. And they play two different styles. They mesh beautifully. Watching those guys play is Entertainment Value 101. Uh, Craig Button will join us in the 1 p.m. hour. Get his thoughts on which Canadian fan base deserves to be most angry. Get to that and get to our Leafs Lunch lineup contest player of the day. This has been Hour 1, Leafs Lunch, TSN 1050 and on TSN 4.